Welcome back to the Gen Z Speaks podcast. We are back with uh, another episode where primarily we're going to be discussing the ongoing situation in Ukraine and Russia. And like our previous episode, we have someone who's from Ukraine uh, to help us explain what's going on and offer his perspective. Max, welcome to the show. We appreciate your time. Max is a student at USC studying economics and math. And I know this is a tough time for you. So we really, really, really appreciate your time. How are you doing? Thank you, guys. Um, I'm okay, to be honest. You know, uh, <clears throat> the the initial shock uh, has uh, is is gone. You know, I've experienced a wide range of emotions in the past seven days, but I am honestly doing okay because I'm definitely doing much better than than a lot of people in Ukraine. Yeah. So. I know there's a lot of news that's coming out of the West and in, from Ukraine and Russia about what exactly is happening. This is like the seventh day of officially since when the war started. What's, in, in your opinion, what's your take on what's happening on the ground so far? Did you expect Ukraine to put up the defense that it has? And where do you see the next coming days going? It's a good question. I, you know, I'm in no position to to give out any, uh, uh, like, you know, promises or projections. I'm right. not. I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not a professional. I'm not a military expert. But <clears throat> to answer your first question, did, did did I expect Ukraine to put up a fight uh, the way it did? Yes, 100%. I had never had a doubt about that. You know, the West has caused a great panic uh, because all it did was look at the numbers. Oh, look at, there's, there are 200,000 Russian troops on the border, you know, thousands of, uh, you know, whatever, tanks and, and uh, armored vehicles. But that doesn't, that, you know, that's not the whole picture. You know, uh, people talked about Russian troops and yet nobody talked about Ukrainian side of things. Ukraine is has one of the biggest armies in in Europe, um, and it's also an army that is highly trained and has a lot of combat experience um, throughout the years. So uh, it is a well prepared army. Uh, and another thing, like that, people didn't talk about. Uh, probably didn't even consider um, most of us, but you know it's not Ukraine invading Russia. It's we're defending our own home. We know every inch of our forests, our cities, our roads. Like this is, uh, you know, we we know everything about our home. We know where where to strike best. We know where when to retreat. We know when to counterattack, and and the the, the you know the enemy coming into our country has no idea has no idea you know it doesn't know our forests it doesn't know our roads it doesn't know our cities and doesn't know our people but our people are very strong you know it's not just the army that's fighting you know regular people like you and i are doing their own part so yes i definitely expected ukraine to put up a fight and i and i uh i wholeheartedly believe that it will win this war that's really awesome to hear. Um, to be completely like honest, right? Uh, on top of it being, you know, not only the military experience they have, but I, I feel like a lot of people 
they dis they disrepresent like the heart Ukrainians have in this, right? I mean, I think when a big army is coming in and you have that uh, you know the audacity to fight back, it's not just like I'm gonna do something. It's like no, I'm fighting for my home, kind of like you said. Um, do you? I mean, obviously the Ukrainians' heart and character it shows you know leaps and bounds here. Uh, but how do you think that compares to how the Russian soldiers are, are doing right now? Oh, it's uh, it's heaven and earth because like Ukrainian soldiers, people, um, volunteers are their morale is very high. They're not fight just fighting just because they're fighting to survive. They're fighting for their families. They're fighting for their home, and and that motivation comes from a much much more powerful place than you know, the, the, the motivation of, of, of our enemy. What is their motivation? They have no motivation to be there. A lot of the soldiers that, that came that were captured, they, you know, they, they all say the same thing, thousands. They say, we had no idea we were going to fight in Ukraine. They, they told us we were going um, on, you know, to train. They told us we'll be back tonight. Uh, and obviously that is not true. What, what I think is, is Russian officials uh, just straight up lied to their people, not just their people, but their army, their soldiers, young, young guys, like in 20, 19 year olds. So they're not, they're, they're not prepared to fight. They're, a lot of them give up. Um, a lot of them, uh, there, there are accounts, you know, saying that some some Russian soldiers um, intentionally drive their vehicles in circles to exhaust all the fuel that they have, so that so that they don't have to fight. There are accounts of them sabotaging their vehicles and their weapons just so that, th that they don't have to fight. So their morale is extremely low. They're you know, it's uh, not only they're scared, but they have, they just have no reason to be there. And now, and they're beginning to realize that. So uh, I think, I don't only think that Ukraine has leveled the play, the play field. I, like I said, I think it has the upper hand. Uh, Max, I definitely agree with you that the contrast between, you know, the motivations, what they're feeling right now, you, one side is fighting for their home while the other side is pretty much fighting because their leader told them to, right? And, um, we, you know, last week uh, we spoke with another Ukrainian-American, David, and um, he spoke on this matter. And one, one thing he told us that, you know, I found very sad is just that, you know, Ukrainians don't have hate towards Russians. In fact, he told us that, you know, Ukrainians see Russians as their brothers. You know, you guys speak the same language. You guys look the same. You know, you guys have, um, uh, you know, same language, same culture, all these like similarities. And, you know, you guys see each other as brothers. Is that sentiment um, common with most Ukrainians? And, you know, you can comment for yourself. And how do you feel about the whole take of, you know, this war is just unnecessary and it's primarily the leaders. I mean, you can see the Russians, you know, there's thousands of protesters in Russia that are protesting. How are they being arrested and, you know, shut down by the leaders? Yeah. Um... I, I will I'll have to disagree with the statement of your previous guest um, because well 
of course we our nations our people share you know similar history similar traditions similar culture and you know religion but at the same time we're we are very different you know we we don't speak the same language we have you know our language is ukrainian it's similar um i think the best way to look at it is spanish and italian um or portuguese um it is also true that a lot of people in ukraine especially in the eastern re region speak russian um but i think you know if there was any sentiment towards russia as you know a brotherly nation it is gone and it'll never be there ever again russia has lost well for one i never believed that even before this conflict but i think it's just uh, it's not possible russia like brothers do not kill brothers and that's that's uh that you know this notion of brother brotherly nation has been created in during ussr and yet it, it is not real it's not true uh, you know sharing a similar history and culture does not make us brothers um and i have a very strong opinion about that now it is also true that a lot of people don't hate the russian people you know a lot of people understand that that it's not the people that caused this conflict could could the people have prevented it yeah i think so uh, but they they were quiet they were quiet in 2014 when russia invaded ukraine um for the first time since it's gained independence but now it's impossible to be quiet so uh i you know i don't i think i think a lot of ukrainians don't hate the people but also at the same time you know the people who i speak to who are hiding in bomb shelters or are you know part of the the armed forces um currently protecting the cities they'll not have the same opinion they had they hate everyone and i think that is quite justified you know if i was there i i think i would hate everyone too and it takes a lot of energy to not hate the nation that has attacked your home um so it, it will be a you know it's going to take a lot of time to heal right max i want to go back to genesis latter point about the leaders right who were primarily responsible for for starting this war and mainly vladimir putin you wrote an article for for the daily trojan uh or usc yeah. student newspaper that got a lot of attention and a lot of people resonated with what you were saying i just want to quote something that you said that stood out to me you said quote putin has no appetite for peace he went all in and there's nothing stopping him from going further than ukraine the world must respond to Russian overt and undeniable terror and aggression, because if it doesn't, sadly, you may be next. In your opinion, do you think that the United States has done enough or can do more to protect Ukraine? What's your opinion on that? I think I think that, that this question has two questions in it. Has you, has, you know, can U.S. do more? Of course, it can do a lot of things from um, you know, up to up to straight up involvement, military involvement. But but, you know, that's just uh, I don't think I don't, I don't I don't think the US wants to do that. And not the leaders, not the people. 
in the United States because, well, uh, that just means that the world is at war again. The entire world is at war because if U.S. joins in, the NATO has to as well. So uh, it can do more, yeah. But so, so you know, depends how you look at it. Has it done enough to? Sorry, what would you say to prevent or to help? Yeah, do you do you think like like you said, you know, you, you're absolutely right that militarily the United States, Biden just said in the State of the Union address yesterday, right, that they're not going to intervene or put troops in Ukraine. He's made that clear from the very start. And so, but but the United States has been giving Ukraine $350 million annually since 2014. And, you know, they, I believe, signed a new economic pa- package that supports Ukraine through, you know, giving them um, ammunition, et cetera. So do you think maybe they can increase that? And are you satisfied with the economic sanctions that the U.S. and, and NATO has put on Russia so far? Uh, I'm just trying to understand, you know, your perspective in terms of the U.S. response to Ukraine so far. Uh, so I'll, 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 I'll take it piece by piece. So in terms of, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, sanctions, I think the U.S. and um, its allies have, you know, imposed unprecedented sanctions on Russia. It's never been seen before. Well, don't quote me on that, <laughs> but it You're is right. Though it, it is a very strong yeah. response, and even the Soviet Union did not experience such extreme sanctions. You know, it's uh, they're they're extreme. You know, if you look at the value of Russian currency ruble, it's it's in the free fall. Um, you know, people are out of jobs. Brands, international brands, are leaving Russia. Um, Russia can't export stuff anymore. Russia can't import stuff anymore. And that concerns high-tech technologies, which it needs for its space program, you know, including the space program. Um, so there's no doubt Russia has, Russia has, you know, royally messed up and it's going to suffer grave consequences for that. Uh, so I think the sanctions are very effective. And keep in mind, it's only day, day eight since the invasion. It's day eight in Ukraine, day seven here, but it's day eight. Um, and it's, it's already showing. Um, so and it's, I think it's only going to keep getting worse for Russia. So yes, yeah, sanctions, very effective, very strong response. In terms of aid, that is very difficult for me to judge. I don't, I don't know enough about previous precedents in history. Um, I know that USA has supplied um, a lot of military uh, equipment, including lethal weapons and gear to Ukraine, which I can tell you American javelins are, man, we love them. <laughs> they're, they're, so it, it's, We've received a lot of help from the U.S., um, but again, it's difficult. It's difficult for me to say if uh, you know if, if 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 you can do more. And um, I don't think I'm the right person to comment on that. Well, on top of Russia sanctions and then the monetary help that's being provided to Ukraine uh, from the United States, we're also seeing like you know the SWIFT banking system completely 
is, is not operating right in Russia anymore. Um, we're seeing Apple completely pull out of Russia, essentially. I mean, that you can't use Apple Pay. You can't uh, download apps from the App Store. Um, and, and it just seems like it's going to be a, a continuous cycle. I mean, one of the top trillion dollar companies is doing it. I'm sure others will follow, right? Uh, yeah. And so it seems like things continue to happen that are detrimenting Russia, but Putin doesn't seem to care, right? And so it's like, how how far do you think it's going to be? Or is he just a savage that, you know, just like Stalin, just like, you know, Lenin does not care? What, what are your thoughts? Well, first, I'd like to, I'd like to make a note that SWIFT, not all not the entire banking system has been disconnected from SWIFT, only, only a set of specific Russian banks uh, have been, uh, which is already a big deal. Um, but in, in terms of, yeah, Putin doesn't care. Putin doesn't care, but the people care. The billionaires are starting to care. Um, so what this, you know, it's, he can only, do this for so long before it becomes um before his country you know consumes you know like it's it's itself alive at one point if this does not get better at one point i guarantee you that people will rise up and i'm not talking about thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands i'm talking about millions uh, it's bound to happen unless it gets better. That's just how it is. And and then the one well, the, the question then is like, are they all going to be imprisoned or killed or I don't know? Uh, but no, Putin doesn't care, and I don't think he's any different from Stalin or Lenin. Uh, in in that sense, he, he's a, he's a monkey that has that has a red button. That should say a lot. He has threatened nuclear weapon, right. and not just to Ukraine, but basically all over the Western um, world. Yeah, I hope it doesn't go that far, but uh, that is definitely, yeah. You know, piggybacking off- One second, Janish, Uh, one one second. Um, So I just wanna follow up with something. So it just seems like Putin, he's creating this legacy of of raw power, right? That's how I'll put it, put it as you will. Um, But this legacy to him seems to be you know, the all, you know, the all time great. Um, what do you think? How do you think it's going to be perceived throughout maybe Eastern Europe to Western Europe? I mean, I, I think the West is pretty clear on how it's going to be perceived. But uh, do you think this legacy will even do him any justice? What do you mean by that? Like, is it justifiable? Not justifiable, because it's not right. But like, historically speaking, maybe 100 years down the line, uh, I mean, Stalin, he, he tried to keep this legacy of power. That's why he did what he did um, to keep in control. But what, what do you think? Do you think Russians will, I mean, the Russian system will care or? That is difficult to say. Uh, you know, it depends. It really depends on what happens uh, in Russia. You know, if Russia is able to stand up for itself um, and stop this, just at least for their sake, and if they're able to to change the government and finally, uh, you know, get get on 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 the on track to 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 something that you know resembles democracy, there's a chance that whatever Putin did uh, will be, you know, 
you know stained with um, terror and in no way looked as at as a heroic conquest. Uh, that is not going to happen in Europe, in, anywhere in Europe or America, Ukraine. Nobody's ever going to you know look at this piece of history and say, "Oh yeah, he's badass." No, that's not going to happen. Uh, the world is uh, the world has changed in that sense. Um, it is clear what you know. Now, now we have media. We have we are able to share information. We're able to communicate faster, and we have you know means such as blockchain. So, you know, some records are impossible to destroy, um, and there's essentially no way for you to. There's no propaganda that can cover this up. Um, right. So, I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, and so Matt, you know, from a Western perspective, how we see it in America, we see, you know, we can speculate on a lot of reasons why Putin might have, you know, invaded Ukraine right now. You know, he wants to get back to the glory days, quote unquote, glory days of the Soviet Union or, or when Russia was a powerhouse or any of those sorts. Um, I, met, I, I remember you mentioned that you spoke with uh, a lot of Ukrainian people, people in bomb shelters and mm -hmm. et cetera. What is their sentiment on why Putin is doing this right now? Do you, what, what, what do they generally think about um, Putin's, Putin's decision to invade at this moment rather than before? Well, obviously in 2014, you know, but like right now with the whole full invasion of Ukraine. They're not thinking about it. They're, there's a very narrow set of things that people are thinking about right now in Ukraine. They're thinking about how to survive how to, you know, how to defeat the, the enemy and, you know, how to stay, how, how to not be hungry. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're not, they're not able, maybe they are, but they're not. A lot, I don't think a lot of people are trying to actively analyze why he did it. Everyone has agreed on that. He's a, you know, there's a word in Ukrainian, we call him, I don't know. Is this? Uh, can I? Can I say? Go something? for it. Yeah, yeah go, go for it. For it. We, yeah, there's uh, no sense. Here. If you translate it, um, it's it. It says uh, Putin is a dickhead, except it sounds much more vulgar in Ukrainian, and so everyone is pretty much set on that. It doesn't matter why, when, and why now. All that matters is it happened, and now now we have to do our you know everything we can to stop it. So right. And yeah, I, I think, think that's powerful. I think that kind of gives a perspective on how, you know, us in our privileged position where, we, you know, we're not actually fighting right now. We can think about all these different things. But in, in real life, in reality, people don't give a shit about this. It's all about, you know, let's fight and let's win this. Yeah. We have the luxury, right, Max? And like we have the luxury to, to you know, consider why Putin is doing this at, this at this certain point in time, but Ukrainians right now are literally making life and death decisions. And, and yes. their priority is to first get their family to safety, you know, survive the next day. And, and like you said, they, they don't have any opportunity to do that. Um, I know you mentioned to me in a call last week that, that your grandmother was trying to cross into Poland, right? Uh, is all your family members now doing, doing better? Are they safe? Can you update us on that? Yeah, so my cousin and my grandma... Um, and another family friend, a, a girl, she's 16. They, uh, they were able to 
um, cross the border in Poland um, and fly out to Spain. So they're they're currently at you know with us in our home, uh, but you know not everybody can do that or not everybody wants to do that because for, for many reasons one well you might know that men between the ages of 18 to 60 are not allowed to leave the country right so a lot of women choose to stay because they don't want to leave their loved ones alone a lot of people choose to stay if they feel safe and and you know for mostly it's it's Western Ukraine. Um, people feel safer in Western Ukraine. And, you know, I, I just spoke with my cousin today. She said, I'm not leaving, you know, we're not going anywhere because, well, the, the sky is clear for, as of right now. And, uh, you know, we, it seems safe, but, you know, should things get worse, we're, we're definitely going to um, try and, and, and leave. I know you, Max, you have to leave soon, but any final thoughts on, on the crisis so far? Whatever you want to tell us, let us know. And let us know how Americans can help. Obviously, you know, um, there's organizations that are, the money is supporting the Ukrainian army. And maybe you can help through that. Just let us know what your final thoughts in anywhere shape that, that you know, college students or Americans can continue to support the Ukrainian people during this time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, uh what I've been telling people when they ask me about, you know, final thoughts, um, I'll say the same thing. I'll add a little more after that. But I want the entire world to know that our president has the biggest balls in the universe. He is not a politician. He is not a soldier. He is a showman. He is an actor that people chose freely in democracy. That means a lot. Now, now he is not, he's made it very clear that he's gonna stay there until the very end. And that shows even more. That, that spirit uh, symbolizes not just our country, not just the people, not just our president, but that's how everyone feels. Um, and you know, if by any chance any Russian watches this video and knows somebody who has been sent to fight, um, you know, let them know that they're not going to find peace there. Um, they're, they're not going to get out of their life because of our spirit. Um, that's one thing to, um, in terms of help. Yeah. Like you said, there are a lot of organizations, uh, where people can donate. That's probably the easiest thing that people can do. Um, the, I don't know if you'll be able to include these links in the description or, no, for sure. We can do that. Um, but so, you know, there are two types of organizations. One is strictly humanitarian aid, um, you know, for children or for refugees or for other things. And the second type is military donations. So uh, those type of donations would go directly to the armed forces of Ukraine, which means they can buy weapons with that money um, so that people know what they donate to. Um, you know, I'll make it clear and so that you can also um, put it down in the description. Um, everything helps, I mean, you know, every five, $10, you know, that can, buy, that can buy a lot of food for people. 
um, that can buy, you know, maybe 100, 200 bucks that can buy a new helmet for our soldier. So uh, that helps. Uh, third thing that people can do is, you know, go, go talk to your politicians. You know, let them know that you're concerned if you are, and let them know that 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 Ukraine needs more help. I think that ties back into your earlier question at the beginning of our talk. Can the U.S. do more? Yes, it can. It doesn't it doesn't mean you know direct military involvement. It can provide more humanitarian aid. It can provide more uh, military aid. Uh, you know, it can do more sanctions and other things. So go speak to your senators, you know, to tell them that there's a lot more that can be done. Um, and when enough people do that, you know, who knows, maybe they will do that. But this, all of that makes a huge difference. Like I said, you know, sanctions are already working, military aid, is already working so it, it's really important it's really important for us and i think it should be important for people in the us and in europe because the conflict is not far away from nato's borders not at all and if you're if, if you know what nato means yeah you know a single bomb dropped in poland means us is at war we don't want that to happen. I don't think you guys want that to happen. I don't want that to happen either. And that's why that's why it's important to 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 do the best that the best you can to help. Right, right. And, and it's been astounding to me, surprising to see how Ukraine, you know, as you said, President Zelensky has been able to kind of unite the world, and you know, raise awareness about what's happening and, and really make every single person who does not live in Ukraine, you know, feel the pain of Ukrainians. I think that's a really important leadership thing that he's been able to do. And I'm surprised to see, you know, the unity in Western Europe, you know, in America on this issue. So that's definitely something that I did not expect personally. And Zelensky, like you said, has been able to do. My last thing was just, you wrote something that kind of, in your article, the Daily Trojan, that, that also was interesting and really profound. You said that there's no Russian tank that will break our spirit. And I think we're seeing that, you know, at this very moment, how Ukraine has been, you know, successful in defending its country so far and exceeded all expectations. And, you know, all we can do is our thoughts and prayers. But, but like you said, specifically, there are certain organizations and ways to financially help Ukraine. And we'll, right. we'll be sure to plug that into the podcast. But again, Max, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I can't imagine what it's like to be in this position. So, you know, your time really is valuable and your perspective was important to share as well. Thank you. Thank you guys. I know it's been, it's been, it's been great that, you know, the support that I see from everyone I know, um, everyone who knows me, some people that I haven't spoken to in years have reached out to me asking how they can help. And I, that's something I never expected. Um, so I just want to thank you guys. I want to, I want to thank Americans and, 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 you know, non-Americans, everyone for, for being there for not just for me, but for my, for my country. Um, and I think, I think if, if, if the situation was, were reversed, I think, I, I know we would do the same.
Right. Right. For sure. And I think the model that the world has used so far to, you know, help out Ukrainian refugees and the overlink support should be used elsewhere. You know, a lot of people are criticizing, oh, Ukraine's getting special treatment. No, they're just getting how the world should exactly respond. Right. And this should be the model that we use for the rest of the world as well. And like you said, any other part of the world this happens, Ukrainians will be there to support. And this is the time Ukrainians need our help and we're doing it. And uh, so the cycle goes, we hope. So thank you, Max. I appreciate it. Thank and you. Uh, thank you, man. Wishing your appreciate family it. safety at this time. Thank you, guys.